It's finally time for the last podcast episode of our visit to Stieg Base Brewery in Gothenburg. Find out what beer head brewer Oli Banks would have on his deathbed and much, much more. Enjoy. We're on the stout vibe, so let's continue with the stout vibe. Yes. Uh, so this is yes, our first... Well, actually not our first, because we've done other bits, like small bits and pieces for events, but this is our first, in a can, available to everyone to try, barrel-aged stout. And I came under a little bit of a, not, not criticism, but a bit like, oh, what did you add to this? What do you do to this? Like, we didn't do anything. We just barrel-aged it and canned it, as opposed to pastrying it up and everything, because I thought, if we're going to do our first barrel-aged stout... It seems a bit of a shame to... So there's no lacto, no... No, nothing in there except barrel character. So this is the 2019 version of Big Bourbon Barrel Stout. <laughs> My God, it smells amazing. So we only had like 12 barrels to, to kind of test the water, and it kind of came out well, I think. So next year we've got 50 almost to try, and, and then we'll start doing some... Maybe we'll do some silliness to it as well. But I don't know, I, I do think that, like, when you start, like, adding too much stuff to barrel-aged stouts and you lose the barrel character, it's like, why go to all that effort of aging it in a bar- bourbon barrel for a year if you're going to drown all that character out? I know for a fact you've done some silly stuff with this beer already. Shh, don't tell them. No, no but <laughs> the, you know what? Whenever you see Stieg Barrett's at a festival or a fair, speak to Ollie and see if you can... Because they might just bring some stuff with them. Come on. Oh, we've we got to have some kind of breaking news on this podcast. No, as well. we, 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 yeah, we, we do. So we do have some special magnums of our barrel aged out for festivals and special events that have been one I threw some hazelnuts in and one I threw some vanilla in. But then they're only going to be available at specialist events because. Yeah, I mean, the main beer is the main event, which I want to keep it simple, refined. It is absolutely fantastic, I must say. <laughs> I love it. I mean, like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, you, you it's, get... it's delicious. So you, you can kind of get my point, because again, with the trends, we're in the age of people don't just want, like, a just imperial stout is almost impossible to sell now. No one wants just an imperial stout. Because you want marshmallows, bacon, and a hamburger thrown in. Yes, you want a bit of everything and all sorts of stupid stuff. But when we tried this from the tank after emptying the barrels, I was just like, but this is just so nice as it is. Fuck it. No offense. Fuck you guys. We're leaving it as it is. If you think it needs a bit more this or that. It's like, it's clinical. It's what it is. And it's the barrel age has done very well to the stout. Mm. <laughs> very well. And you have that, that is it bourbon, stout, uh, bourbon mm. casks. Yeah. You feel that. You feel the, the, the little bit. Bonus in the you, background, and and you get like you do get the kind of vanillary, the classic yeah. vanillary child American, you know, bourbon character is there. It's just not thousands of kilos of vanilla in your face that you can't taste anything but vanilla. And I kind of miss just barrel aged stouts. Like, you know, th- there was a point where the barrel aging was the, the the special bit. Now it's like, oh, what and and what else? So what did you have them in the barrels? <laughs> <laughs> and then, do, uh, so how much coconut did you add to this? None. Well, can you do that? We did. <laughs> <laughs> so we we'll have, might have to take one of the casks with us to Stockholm to just try it a bit further. <laughs> well, those no, those ones aren't ready. They've only just been filled, so they need a bit more. Oh, so we'll wait for a year. No yeah, worries. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> oh, I mean, also, this will be interesting because, so for this one, I think this was just Heaven Hill bourbon casks, whereas for this year, we've got a mixture of Heaven Hill, Woodford Reserve, and... 
Elijah Craig, I think, as well. More just to kind of see if... I have a bit of a play around from our point of view to see if, like, does the different bourbons make a like a big difference? Because, I mean, I'm a bit skeptical generally. I don't think it's going to make wor- leaps and bounds and worlds of difference, but we might find that we get a few super awesome tasting barrels and do more single barrel some things. Or we might find it's all delicious and just blend it all up and throw it in a tank. We'll see. But it's, you know, try. I must say it's an interesting choice to have a 13.5% beer in a tall boy. Yeah, I mean... 44 centiliters. It's great for sharing for about three people, but I also have definitely drank a few of these to myself on my own. Oh, really? Um, Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've got this really horrific habit of if I've gone out drinking and, like, my girlfriend's always, not angry, she always makes fun of me because she's like, you come home sometimes when we've either we've both been out drinking or I've been out drinking, and then you come home, what you always call tipsy plus which is what you mean is you're pissed. And then you go to the fridge and open a big barrel-aged stout, drink half and fall asleep on the sofa, which sounds like we have a problem relationship, but we, we both do it, so it's fine. But she'd probably have the other half when you fall asleep, anyhow. Probably. I mean, we're actually in a... We've got a little tally going at home as to who falls asleep with a beer in hand on the sofa, and we're about neck and neck. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep with a glass of white wine in the bed once, and I spilled it on my wife. Oh. I was not popular in the morning. <laughs> oh. See, my, my, I don't know if I've picked up this habit from my dad because my dad, uh, my, me, my sister, my mum all call him the human gyroscope because he's got this habit of falling asleep with a glass of wine in hand and he'll be sat upright, then ju- slowly he'll be like sinking into the sofa or the chair and getting lower and lower. But the wine is perfectly, it, it doesn't move from time and space. It's fixed. Steady as a rock. It's fixed there. And like, he could be, pa- he could be passed out. I uh, say passed out. Makes it sound like he's a, a, an alcoholic. Fallen asleep. He's fallen asleep. He's old. He's fallen asleep. Glass of wine in hand. And then like, I can shake him. Dad, dad, doesn't move. Dad, doesn't move. Tap him on his head, doesn't move. Go to touch the wine glass. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, cheers, guys. This was... Uh, sure, this was actually... If you can get a hold of this, buy it. For God's sake, do. This is stunning. My favorite of the Gardenberg trip so far. This, oh. is, this is delicious. Cheers again, guys. Cheers. Skål. Oh, but I mean, this... Yeah, I have, I have, to, I have to say it's like the, for the, the first beer I got to kind of professionally brew on my as opposed to like, you know been given a recipe, doing it and all yourself. Mm-hmm. The first one I got to brew after my internship at Beavertown ended in 2015. Like I did an internship and very kindly got offered a job from after graduation, which was nice. But they let me brew a stout, which was... Uh, I decided to go with a chocolate and raspberry stout. And the only thing that makes me more sad than ever is that very kindly Jen, our old head brewer, let me put some of it into bourbon barrels that when they ended up bottling it up and doing it i didn't get to try no. that's the, oh. the saddest point what? of my life because it was it was after i'd moved here we'd aged it for no it was after so it was when i went back to university and i asked them to just put a, just a bottle away for one side for me to try and then someone did and then they lost it and then by the time i got back to london it all gone and all been drank i'm like oh i've never tried it and it was the first <laughs> beer i ever made professionally <laughs> That was mine. That's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah. 
mean, I've even I even put on like beer trading forums and stuff, and just like trying to find it. People are like, no, I drank it. No, no, can not I buy available. that? I brew that, please, <laughs> please. I made the damn thing. <laughs> we don't believe you. We were talking about the five point three stouts and porters as well. Mm. You don't find that at all in in Sweden anymore, which is I find it weird, or rather, I miss them because mm. a nice four and a half to five percent stout or a porter deadly uh, it's it's beautiful you can find guinness that's it yeah i mean and guinness is its own thing i, I almost feel like guinness isn't really a stout it's almost like a black pale ale because it does it has the roasty notes to it i mean i love guinness i think the style is called irish dry or something but i love guinness as well like my my dad is he's a big big guinness lover like so whenever i was working in a restaurant i can get a hold of a merch i give him merch i can't understand people who say you get full from drinking Guinness. No. Because it's pressurized with nitrox, mm. which makes less bubbly. Or oh, a different kind of bubbly. But it's easier to drink. Oh, you can throw it down without even realizing. Oh. I mean, having 10 lager beers from draft or 10 Guinness. Oh, yeah. I'll be much more full from drinking 10 lager beers because... The bubbles make you... And you exactly. You're fizzing. Because nitro is just kind of the kegged version of classic cask ale, isn't it? And a lot of friends and like people have always said, like, oh yeah, drinking cask is like eating because it feels in your mouth fuller and thicker. But you can throw cask down. Like I, We've got a little bit of rule, me and my friends back home, is like, six sips. It should take you no more than six sips to get down a whole pint of classic cask ale, and you can you can track it on the lacing. If you see anyone goes, wait a minute, one, two, three, seven, fuck you, Wooders. <laughs> <laughs> you're buying the next round. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we talked a little bit about you're from England. Yes, unfortunately. The bitter styles have been going downwards in Sweden for the last couple of years, and I love the style overall. You think that's it's coming back? Why is it disappearing? Well, I mean, we funny enough, we've actually just brewed, it's not an amber ale, but it's a... Uh, I guess it's a folk bitter, but then also bitter is supposed to be around about three and a half, four percent. We chose three and a half, so it's not really like a folk in that that's been the the idea of it. It's just it happens to be what you guys call three point five percent and lower. But we've just done a we're thinking of doing something fun on the packaging of that. It's not a hundred percent yet, so I'm not going to say because I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But I've got plans, big plans. We're doing both a milk stout at about 4%, I think. Okay, cool. And a classic best bitter. Actually, at Stig Bay, it's, we've got um, there's me, Johnny, and Dan are all... Well, Dan's half Irish, half English, so he chose he chooses to be Irish. <laughs> of course he does. Of course. <laughs> I mean, if you can always choose to not be British, that's the best, uh, the best option you have, trust me. Uh, we've got a lot of English people here. We all love our classic beer style, and it's kind of a, a shame that we... I mean, this is us being really, you know, princessy at the moment. Like, we can't get our old classic beer styles that we like in a country that's not our, that's not a thing over here. But we do miss it, and there's a reason it's popular. But I feel like it's there is a bit of a stigma of the whole old man drink. But have you thought about doing car scales? We've done some cascales. Okay, we, you have. We do for Harket in Gothenburg. Every now and then you will find a cat. I think we did the Modern Times beer. We did a single cask. We just do them for Harket because I fucking love Harket so much. I always call Katis my Swedish mum because she's always been there as like a guide. to. Rasmus hasn't been there yet. We're going there tonight, actually. Oh, is it done now? No, no. I, oh. Whenever we send a, a cast to Harket, it gets drained the same day. So we can bring one with us to Harket. <laughs> no, we could, but we don't have any because ah, we only make them to order. Most recently, we did the Black IPA, which we've done a Black IPA as well. In fact, I think that 
one a system TSV tender. So that one will actually be available widespread. So people will actually see and we'll see if people actually like it. I mean, I love black IPAs personally, but like it's, it is again a Marmite style. It's okay for me if it doesn't get too black currenty. I know what you mean. We did the first batch and it's really good, and that's gone in for the tender for export. And we're doing a new batch fresh for System. Call me biased because it was Beaver Town and I used to work there, but I do think we had a core range black IPA, which is very unheard of when you think about it, that we had a beer we always brewed that was a black IPA. But I was thinking of doing it the way we used to do it at Beavertown, which is a bit different to how other people do it, because it basically came out like an IPA that just looked black and smelled a bit roasty, which I think people were then like, oh, I get it. It's not just a hoppy stout. It is an IPA that's black. Steve Barrett, when I started seeing Steve Barrett, was extremely proud of their lagers. Are you moving away from that, or do you still have lots of pride in your lagers? I mean, the Pilsner is still, uh, we still tanker our Pilsner over to Kino, Hugger Beyond Cafe, where we started. I mean, not at the moment, because of the times as they are. But we still brew a hell of a lot of Pilsner, and very proud of our Pilsner as it is. I mean, we've, we're always updating and editing and trying to find it perfect, but we're, we're down to a kind of, we think we know where we like it. And we're also starting which you can see the can of, the first batch of a new series of beer called Ringer Brow. I, I'm really interested in that one because I love Rauch beer. Crack it open. So, okay, I will do that. So, one last beer. One, one more, then we'll round up. We're doing a series of classic German-style beers under the brand Ringer Brow. So we've got a Metzen, a Bock, uh, even a Maybock, Hellas, and we're doing that under this new kind of, it's still Stig Bayetz, but the Ringer Brow series um well it's quite it, it's small batch because it's not going to be a new england ipa selling to absolutely everyone you know everyone's kind of appeal but it's something we like so we're going to do it and if it isn't the most popular it'll be there won't be so much that it's going to it smells like beer sausage <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment i was for the first time in um, bamberg two years ago and bamberg is kind of the home of of the smoke beers basically mm. And it was kind of a revelation for me because the beers were smoky, but when you drink them that fresh, they're not that in-your-face smoky. No. When you drink a Schlenkela here in Sweden, it's been standing for a while, so everything that's left is the smoke. But when you drink it gravity-poured at the tap room, it's just mind-blowingly amazing. Everything gets better when it's gravity-poured, basically. <laughs> and well, actually, fresh generally, but not exclusively. This is a question from, rather than being a question, I'm going to question you guys on the sense of, something I always ask everyone who's into beer, is what is your favorite classic German lager or Helles or, you know, the the Pilsner Helles one, what is your favorite? Because I have a very particular, what I think is the best one, and I always like to hear what everybody else's is. I think you like the Eyinger. Close, but not, but no cigar. But what's your favorite? Oh, God. If you had to choose one. It's got to be Hackerfjord. Um, Sitting in the restaurant, hearing that tap every 15 minutes, putting two fingers in the air because you want two. And you know it's 15 minutes and it'll tap a new keg. It's not just the beer, it's also the feel. Mm. That is kind of the answer I wanted, but also, like, if you had your go-to everyday drinking beer in the fridge, 
Like you come home, if you could have whatever. This is normally the question I put to the I guests. Know. I will give. I will give. I will give you my answer afterwards. That's why I want to see what yours is. You're gonna get another one. You know what? Both me and Rasmus used to work at uh, New York and Aggregate, getting Keller beer, gravity poured straight from the tank any day of the week. Yes, but the thing is, at the New Carnegie Brewery, it's not the most absolute classical style because it's a lot more alcohol stronger and hoppier, and hoppier than a regular Keller beer. But it's still freaking delicious. But yeah, I agree. Like gravity poured Keller beer in the day of the week for me as well. Ah, for me, it is, and that is one thing that be- both me and Ida, she is a big fan of. So I or- always order on payday every month a case of Augustina Hellas from System because Augustina Hellas is my. There's never a bad time or a wrong time to drink Augustina Hellas. We did have troubles in our relationship when she said she might be more of a Roadhouse girl, but it's understandable, and we can get behind that because Roadhouse is also deadly. But for me, there's nothing quite like Augustina Hellas. Why are all brewers and people who work long in this business coming back to drinking high-end lagers? I guess it, the thing with, I mean, for the classic German beers and like all this is, you've got like you know Weinstefana that's a thousand years old. So, fair play to the lads. They've had a thousand years to get good at what they do, and they are bloody deadly at it. And, like, Augustina, I think, is, like, 400, 500 years old. I think it's more than that, actually. I think they're about 600 years old. 600. But, you know, if I had 600 years to practice something and I wasn't good at it, then that really is shit on me. So, you know, there's a reason that they're 600 years down, and, yeah, for me, that's my fridge filler, and that's always... Like, we have our ceremonies on payday. You know, you pay your bills, you pay your rent. You da, 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 da. And then also, well, actually, I do it the week in advance because it takes like, eight days to pick up from system or something. So I always do it the week before so that on payday or just after, I go pick up the case of Augustina Hellas and we always share a bottle. And then from that point, we share the first bottle. Then then it's a case of, no. I was like, oh, you're opening an Augustina? I am. My Augustina. Get your own. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> To leave you with, then, we have a question for you, and that is, it's your last day to live. What are you drinking? Timothy Taylor's Landlord. That was the fastest answer in the podcast history, I tell you. It, yes, was, it was. was like a cobra striking. It's a question that doesn't even need thinking about. There is one <laughs> option for my family, which unfortunately this will be the first year in 26 years that I've existed that I cannot go home for Christmas due to corona. Our Christmas tradition is at 12 o'clock every Christmas day, which is the 25th. We always go to the Slubber's Arms, which is my favorite pub possibly in... That's a very broad, broad thing to say. They've got so many favorites. It's one of my more emotionally attached ones because they have four cask taps, of which three of those are all Landlord by Timothy Taylor's, and the other one's Bolt Maker. And then they have red or white wine. Do not ask what kind of red or white wine it is because your answer is... We got red wine and we got white wine. Or I can mix them together and you can get some rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Very cultural people as Yorkshire, or as Yorkshire folk. But we always go there 12 o'clock on Christmas Day because they're open and have a few pints of Landlord and he always puts on a fresh cask and gives us some chips. Thank you very much, Ollie, for being part of uh, Beer Bubbles podcast. And this, this was uh, lovely. It was great. It was our highlight in Gothenburg so far. It I really think. was. Oh, yeah. If and you could see me, I'd be bl- I'm blushing very much now. Uh, thank well, you very you're much. You're on your throne. Yeah, now you're making me sound like a 
For the you guys who've seen the YouTube yeah. clip, uh, he's sitting on a throne thinking he's better than us. This was not my <laughs> choice. I would like to point out it very was, heavily. It was only his choice. Lies. It was the only demand he slander. had. This is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ollie. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And, and cheers. Skål. Skål. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your trip in Gothenburg. We will, we will. Well, and that's it for this time. Hope you've enjoyed listening to these episodes at least half as much as we did recording it. Next podcast will be released on the 4th of February and will feature another brewery from Gothenburg, namely Via Gabrigri. Until then, check out our YouTube channel and whatever you do, drink better beer. <laughs> <laughs>